0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper and it is great to have Rob Milton with us today. Uh, Rob preached on Sunday uh, about Zacchaeus, about being faithful and fruitful when you're in a rut um, and we're going to look at that today. Welcome Rob. Thank
1: you, looking forward to it, looking forward to digging deeper and finding out more stuff.
0: Yeah it's going to be good. Uh, I think first of all let's let's get people to read the passage. So why don't you press pause read the passage the passage is luke 19 verses 1 to 10. read it now and then restart the video so luke 19 verses 1 to 10. fantastic so rob why don't you start off just by uh quickly summarizing uh your talk on sunday
1: yeah uh, i was trying to be very very practical on sunday and the time available you know, we couldn't touch on all the aspects of, of this passage, but obviously we'll do that today. But I was really trying to encourage people to not accept that the current situation is going to be the long-term situation. Accept this is where I am, but not accept you have to stay here. Mm. Like that there's hope for you to, to progress, to improve, to change, to be transformed, as Romans 12, 2 says. And uh, so I was encouraging people to, to go on that journey and maintain going that journey. And I encourage them to aim low, to set, set a target that's achievable, but not ridiculous one that's demotivating. So aim low, achieve the target, and then raise the bar. And then achieve that target, then raise the bar. In any area of life, be it spiritually, psychologically, physically, whatever it may be. And the final part I always encourage people to, was to remain open to an encounter with Jesus. Uh, sometimes we have these phenomenal supernatural encounters which are Life transforming and mind-blowing. Uh, for most more, more often not on a Christian life, it's an ongoing relationship and relational encounter where we're open to, to listening and hearing from Jesus in a whole different variety of ways, via from prayer, reading the Bible from spiritual friends and books, etc., uh, and encouraging to be open to hearing from Jesus to, to guide us as we go on this journey. Mm. So that was what was it, the main part of the sermon was about. Yeah.
0: And, you know, uh, Zacchaeus is a great example of what an encounter with Jesus can do, is, isn't he? So uh, let's just look at the passage. Uh, I think it'd just be good to give some context, this passage, because I think what many uh, readers of the Bible don't do is they take stories in isolation and don't connect them to what's before and what's afterwards. Mm. Um, and so like, it's interesting that in the chapter before this, Luke tells the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus with some questions and goes away because he can't let go of his wealth. And uh, I think that's a, it's an interesting contrast to, to Zacchaeus here. And then the story afterwards, Rob, uh, that has a connection as well, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, this, the story in the same chapter as, as Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, uh, Jesus goes straight on, straight away, to tell a parable, in many ways, explaining to those around what's just happened with Zacchaeus. And it's the story of, of the, 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 the owner who gives one servant 10 gold coins or 10 minas or tenants talents, another one five, another one uh, one, and he says, go away and do something with it. And the one who, who has 10 makes it 20, the one who has five makes it 10, and the one who has one buries it in the ground because he was scared of what his master might, might judge him. And the master comes back and rewards the one with 10 with lots of cities, one with five with lots of cities, and the one with one, he takes what he's got and he gives it to the one with 10. And, and he, Jesus says that, you know, the those who do, who do good with the talents I give them, the gifts that I give them, I'll give them more.
0: Yeah.
1: And those who don't, what they've got will be taken off them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, throughout Luke, there is this kind of... Um, Theme well, there's a number of themes in Luke that are very distinct, and one of them is about what do you do with wealth.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and Luke kind of brings that up quite a bit. Um, he also talks a lot about Jesus' attitude to those who are considered outcasts and sinners, which yeah. is what we have here with Zacchaeus. Uh, and Zacchaeus is one of those famous stories that every little kid knows, uh, because every little kid can identify with this uh, little man. Um, He might have been a little man in stature, but... uh Socially, he is a very wealthy guy. Yeah, he was made money off the backs of his fellow citizens. How, how do you see Zacchaeus, Rob? How do you kind of uh, picture his life?
1: You know, I think Zacchaeus, in many ways, can be transferred in the twenty first century so easily. Zacchaeus was a man who was a wealthy man and had been focused. We're making some assumptions here. We haven't got all the information, but if he's a standard tax collector had been focused in many years of building up capital and building up wealth. That was his raison d'etre. That's what it was about. And he made enemies in doing that. Uh, uh, The standard tax collector would cream off the top and put it in his own pocket. That was a kind of standard practice. And although we don't know that Mr Keyes did do that, we don't know he didn't either. Uh, But in the 21st century, you know, the the 21st materialistic Western world, we, we have a world that's driven by, by developing a bigger ba- bank balance, bigger house, more capital, more wealth. And we see in Zacchaeus that this did not bring contentment. It no. did not bring happiness. He was still at a gap in his life. You know, no. And the, the comparison is, is, and we know this, or hopefully we know this, that if you want contentment in life, you know, you don't get it through a bank balance, no. you know.
0: No. And I think you know it's uh it's important to recognize as well perhaps just how wealthy Zacchaeus was because he wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. He was good at his job and probably he was creaming money off the tax collectors beneath him. You know, he, he had a, he had a good in all sorts of ways.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And also uh, Jericho where he lived was actually an incredibly wealthy city. It was a place where there was a lot of trade in, in dates and balsam and, Uh, There is an area renowned for uh, rose gardens. Um, There's a lot of wealth in the city. And he's recognized in a wealthy city as a wealthy man. So he probably had quite a bit of wealth. um, And as you said, a lot of enemies. But there's this thing that's going on for him, isn't it? He he wants to see Jesus. And uh, we're not told why. That's so frustrating, is it? We can imagine it. But we're not told why he particularly wants to see Jesus. And as you say, wealth doesn't bring contentment necessarily.
1: Even more than that, he wanted to see Jesus and he was prepared to be undignified Hmm. to see Jesus. He was prepared to put himself in a position that he shouldn't be in. One of the wealthiest guys around, climbing up a sycamore tree, you know, is undignified. It's not politically acceptable. It's not socially acceptable. It's not the done thing. You know, but he realised, you know, priority-wise, what was really important for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's two things that happen. Is when uh, Jesus sees Zacchaeus uh, and knows who he is. Yeah. Now, I assume he knew supernaturally. Uh, you know, Jericho was a big town, and although Zacchaeus would have been well known in the town, uh, it's not a town that Jesus lived in. Uh, I assume, I don't know about what you think, but uh, I assume Jesus knew supernaturally who he was. Um, But he says, you know, calls him by name and then says, come down immediately, as it says in the NIV, you know, come down straight away. Uh, This was Zacchaeus' moment. uh, And Jesus wanted him to act, to not put it off, to act immediately. There's a sense of urgency about it. Uh, I don't know what you make of that.
1: It reminds me, of, if you remember the story of the, the woman who had an issue of blood for 20 years, and Jesus was walking through the crowd, and she reaches out and touches him, and, and, and uh, Jesus said, who touched me? And he said, well, he said, don't be silly. Everybody's touching you. No, no, somebody touched me. And he realized that this woman was earnestly wanting to have an encounter with him. Well, Jesus was walking along that road, with hundreds of people looking at him, you know, listening to him, grappling at him, and yet he recognizes Zacchaeus wants to have an encounter yeah. with him. Somehow, Zacchaeus was different from the other people who were in some way gazing, voyeur, voyeurs. Zacchaeus was somehow different like that. Woman was somehow different, and Jesus picks that up and yeah. says, "Let's go and eat." Yeah.
0: And that's a massive statement, isn't it? In in uh, Jesus' culture, to go and eat with someone uh, that that had all sorts of like social implications.
1: Accepting. if you ate yeah. with
0: anyone, you you accepted them as, as an equal. You accepted them as as kind of uh, you were in fellowship with them. Uh, and Zacchaeus was an outcast.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, he was he was classed amongst sinners within Jewish religion, um, and not only was Did he cream off money and tax people extortionately? He was a collaborator with the Roman Empire. You know, he was at all sorts of levels an outcast, and Jesus goes to eat with him.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, And that's why we see in that passage, everyone muttering and moaning about Jesus, saying, look, he's gone to eat with a sinner. This was a terrible thing for him to do. Uh, And, you know, Pharisees in those days, they would have not eaten with just an ordinary person never mind someone who's a sinner, because they'd be so afraid that the food that they had might have been ceremonially unclean in some way or hadn't been tithed properly. They wouldn't eat in anyone's house like Jesus did. And Jesus, who was classed as a rabbi, as a teacher, is seen here doing something socially unacceptable in order to reach out to Zacchaeus. Yeah.
1: Which, to be honest he'd done it for the past three and a half years, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's surprising that they're still surprised after all the encounters he's had with prostitutes and whatever, adulterers, and, and a whole yeah. variety of sinners, you know, he, they're still amazed that he's doing this, reaching out to the lost. And the, and it says at the end in chapter 10, you know, Jesus. sorry, verse 10, Jesus says, you know, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Yeah, you know, it's like you still not get it, you know.
0: (laughs) An amazing thing happens, doesn't it, Rob? I mean, do you want to talk us through that? What does Zacchaeus do?
1: Well, this is a, a really interesting interpretation of salvation, isn't it? It's an interpretation of salvation that you don't hear preached about a lot from the platform, or even in many books. But you know, Zacchaeus, we don't know obviously if it went on during the meal. We don't know what Jesus said. We don't know if something Zacchaeus said. All we do know is what's recorded, and only in Luke and nowhere else. And what's recorded is that Zacchaeus gave away half his capital and paid back four times anything that he did wrongly taken, which we suggest we'd have to have a whole lot of records of it to to do that as well. Uh, And in doing that, in breaking that bond of... uh, mammon as, as it's called in other places in luke of that, that that the god of money jesus response to that act of the heart that change of 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 god really of focus in in a zacchaeus jesus says salvation has entered zacchaeus his house and he doesn't he doesn't say the romans 10 and verse 9 he doesn't do that romans 10 verse 9 and believe in his heart that god raised him all that kind yeah. of stuff he just he just says now you know, I'm showing to everybody else that I'm changing my priorities. Yeah. I suppose the word we would use is repenting, turning around, a changing of priorities. Yeah. Uh, and it's a massive one. It's a massive challenge. You know, I don't, maybe, uh, maybe John Wesley might be somebody I know who's done that. Uh, but, you know, I don't need two hands to count the people that have done that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what Zacchaeus does is incredible, isn't it? Because potentially he is making himself poor. Yeah. And you think he's given away half of his possessions already and then saying, okay, I'll repay four times the amount that I've cheated on anyone. You've got to assume that there's some people there who think they're cheated. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it could have a massive impact on on his finance. uh, And his
1: social credibility, social status. Yeah.
0: But just that one encounter with Jesus was enough for him.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, he'd found something far more important than wealth. And, uh, and we will talk a bit about repentance in the next section, because I think that's an important point here, isn't it? Uh, but then we we get that final statement that you've already said, you know, that uh, Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. And then he says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, and from there, just after this he goes into Jerusalem to, to die. And it's almost like that one verse summarizes why he came. It summarizes the gospel that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are far away from God. But, it's it's really bit um,
1: challenging. I, I, I think the, the parable that Jesus told just before this, a couple of chapters before, about the man who finds a pearl in a field. Yeah. And he buries it, and then he sells everything he has to get the peril. You know, that, that's a parable, obviously, but but what Zacchaeus is an actual example of somebody putting that into practice, he realizes the kingdom of God is so important that he'll sacrifice everything and anything in order to be right to, to get at the kingdom of God. You know, it's a massive challenge to us as individuals and as church. You know, you know, what sacrifices do we make? for our future self, for our current self, in order, you know, that we are right before God. Mm. Yeah. Our priorities, you know, can easily just drift out of line.
0: Let's, uh, let's think about some of this in terms of uh, its application and its implication for us. So let's think a little bit wider and uh, let's go into our next section. Okay, so let's think a little bit wider and talk about what the applications we can draw out of this passage for us today. So uh, do you want to start, Rob? What would you like to to bring out?
1: Yeah, no problems. It's a well-known passage. I'm sure everybody will have read that passage even when they were five or six or seven years old, Mm -hmm. but it's easy to to just read it as a story and not apply it to our life today. One thing when I read it this time that jumped out at me was the, the fact that Zacchaeus took Personal responsibility for his situation. I think it's a, it's a flaw in the 21st century that, that we have a tendency to, to blame others, to want everybody else to do things for us. It's our rights to have a whole lot of things and we don't look at the flip side of that, which is our responsibility for, us, for ourselves, for the way we live, for what we do, to make the most of what we're given. And Zacchaeus, you know, could have looked at his situation and said, oh, I'm so small, I, mm-hmm. I can't see Jesus, all these tall people. You know, it's not fair. And we hear that line by kids, don't we, all the time, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's, sadly, we hear it by adults too often as well, it's not fair. It might not be fair, but the question is, what are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do? And and Zacchaeus, once again, didn't get annoyed at the crowd and moan and shout and say, I'm very important, make way for me. He, he did something. Simple thing. It wasn't that difficult. He th- climbed a tree. Yeah. Now, socially-wise, that would have been humiliating. You know, he's a very important person, and very important people don't climb sycamore trees. Now, people looking up their, 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 their trousers and such, like yeah. skirts at the time. You know, it, it wasn't becoming, but he took responsibility, and he did the thing that allowed him to encounter Jesus. Yeah, and I really want to encourage people to think about what, what you can do in your situation. Be it in lockdown, your situation, we can all moan. Moaning's dead easy. It's short-term gain, long-term pain. It, it, it lowers our, our self-esteem and our motivation long-term. I want people not to do that. I think take responsibility. What can I do to advance my situation? Whatever that is, what's my part in, in this situation?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, when people get themselves in a bit of a rut in life, uh, whether that's kind of spiritually or with work or whatever, they tend to get a little bit demotivated and feel sorry for themselves uh, and think someone else needs to sort it out for them. But as you quite rightly say, we have the power to take action ourselves. Mm. Uh, and, to, and that's what Zacchaeus did. He, he found a way forward. Uh, and we can all do that. We can all find our ways out of the ruts that we're in. Uh, we just need to make the right steps. But uh, the, I think the, the other thing to draw out of this is, uh, as you mentioned there, is that you know, he was looking for an encounter with Jesus. Um, and I think for us, anyone who's been a Christian for any length of time, uh, I think we start to lose the impact of the power of encountering the grace of God.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, it, I don't know about you, Rob, but I've been a Christian for well over 30 years now. Um, I take it for granted. You know, and... I forget that actually if I seek God now, even 30 odd years later and encounter Christ, uh, he has the power to change me still. Yeah. Uh, Cause I am still far from perfect. I know it's hard to believe, but I am far from perfect. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so, you know, the power of Jesus is, is such that whenever you encounter him, you are changed a little bit at the very yeah. least, you know? And, uh, and we all need to make sure that we are seeking God and doing whatever it takes in this way that Zacchaeus did. You know, whatever it took, he was going to meet Jesus that day. What would it take us to meet Jesus today?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things about encountering Jesus is that it's having the aspiration to be. Bill Johnson's got a book called "Changing from Glory to Glory," and realizing that that you know we can and should. And have a desire to become day by day, year by year, more and more Christ-like. Yeah. Have more evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, in us. You know, the, I, I've mentioned it before from the platform. There's no excuse for children becoming grumpy old men or grumpy old women. We should be becoming more and more gracious old men and gracious old women. And that's the uh, uh, an aspiration, and uh, and we do that by consistently encountering Jesus.
0: Exactly. And you know, alongside the encounter, we also have the power of repentance here, don't we? Yeah. I mean, what what do you draw out of that for yourself, uh, out of this story?
1: You know, I mentioned it in my sermon, and I've been thinking about it more since my sermon. Romans chapter twelve, verse two says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you may you may know what God's good and perfect will is." And if, if I was to paraphrase that, it's a It is. Be changed to the way you're meant to be by thinking differently, Mm -hmm. by the renewing of your mind, by making your mind think the way it's meant to think, not the way it does think. And that's really massive. It's it's way beyond positive mental attitude. It's way way beyond that. Paul is saying you're not thinking the way you're meant to be thinking. You're not seeing things and viewing things the way you're meant to. And if you want to be transformed, which is another angle of repentance, a, a turning around, a changing, a refocusing, you have to think differently. Mm. And 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 I think sometimes as Christians, we can just say a few words or or think uh, I've ticked a box. I'm a Christian now, uh, as opposed to realizing that this is actually about uh, a metamorphosis that's that yeah. happens supernaturally, but continues to happen. But we're involved in it. Yeah, so we're involved by choosing to think the way we're meant to think, choosing to think and take up the promises and believe the promises and believe and believe the things that Jesus says. Yeah. Zacchaeus so in this story did that. The encounter with Jesus changed virtually instantly the way he was thinking money was no longer a focus for him
0: yeah yeah and that led into action yeah yeah and I think for me as I look at that story that's the thing that stands out about repentance here that um Zacchaeus didn't just say like oh hands up I'm sorry you know I did wrong and then keep all his money he actually tried to do something about what he did um And I think that that should be part of repentance for us. Hmm.
1: You
0: know, he could have chosen to carry on living off the benefits of his sin, but he chose not to. He recognized that he had harmed people and he could leave people in that place of harm, but chose not to instead try to make some kind of reparation. Hmm. Um, And, you know, whenever we sin, either we benefit out of something or we harm others and we should try in some way, when we repent, to restore things to at least some way back to how they were before. I think yeah. repentance is not just saying we're sorry. It should no. have some kind of action attached to it. Yeah. Should we uh, leave some questions for people to reflect on? Yeah. So let's uh, go a little bit further. Okay, then, Rob. So uh, you've got a couple of questions for people to reflect on. Uh, I hope that people do this, that when they've watched this video, they either reflect on their own and think through the the questions that are brought up, or in mission communities or other groups are able to talk about them, because it is actually in reflecting on these things that we, we grow and get ourselves out of any kind of rut. So, Rob, um, what's your question today?
1: Right, so my first question, you'll need to have listened to the sermon because I'm not going to go over it all again. <laughs> but in the sermon, I was talking to, about aiming low, about setting realistic goals and achieving them and then raising the bar. And I'm sure for all of us, probably even Steve, you know, there are areas in our life where we need to look at getting uh, get ourselves out of these ruts, whatever they are. So my first question to you is, in what area of your life are you going to aim low and start raising that bar? And be very, very practical about what the bar is first time. Don't be waffled, Be a don't be smart objective or smart goals. Make sure you can, you can measure it, you can achieve it, you can review it, and then raise that bar. What is the thing that you're going to uh, aim low at and then steadily raise the bar? Yeah. And my second question is, uh, my, my final point in the sermon was be open to hearing from Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to encourage you to have a discussion uh, in your missional communities or in your, your groups or with friends about how do you put yourself in a place to hear from Jesus? You know, what do you actually do in order to facilitate hearing from Jesus? It's not just something you just got to sit in a corner and go hum. You know, there's other, many other things you can do. So yeah. have a discussion about that. How do you put yourself in a, in a position to hear from Jesus?
0: Great. Uh, so I've got uh, two questions. Uh, uh, the first question is uh, is to look at the rich young ruler story uh, in chapter 18, verses 18 to 30, uh, and compare the, the rich young ruler with Zacchaeus and see what you learn out of that. Uh, because Luke put those stories close together for a reason. So what do you get out of that and how would you apply that to your life? Uh, and then the second question would be about repentance. Um, what have you learned from Zacchaeus out of the story? And how would you go about repentance in the future? Will you simply be thinking, I need to say I'm sorry? Or will you be trying to put something into action, trying to make some kind of amends using the words of the language of 12 uh, step recovery programs? How would you, how's your view of repentance change because of the story? So that'd be my uh, two questions. So, Rob, thank you for joining us on this. It's been great to have you with us. Um, and let me encourage everyone to uh, join us uh, on this Sunday. Uh, John Sexton's going to be talking to us. Uh, it's always great when we have John on, isn't it? So uh, do please join <laughs> us for that. And uh, have a very good and safe week. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.